I was watching The Last Dance with my sons and I realized, though it was about Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest factors of the Chicago Bulls was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the leader, the coach. He's the person, as soon as he stepped on to that team, he helped them to get a ring. He was able to help them to see who they were individually and as a leader and as a team. And I think that's why we need a coach because you need somebody to help you develop yourself personally and within a group. So that's what Al Hardy is here to do. That's what I'm here to do is help you to grow personally and within your team, within your group, within your family. Go to www.mralhardy.com forward slash coaching sessions. Promo code Al's Chicken and Waffles. think about money we think about it in various ways what we're going to do with our money how we're going to spend it how we're going to make it but in this conversation this is what one of my homeboys by here jesse and he talks about your money should have a purpose have an assignment and have a mission what is your relationship with your money what is your relationship with how your money looks and when i'm not talking about how it looks but where is it going so this conversation is a great conversation like I said, each and every conversation gets a pen in your pad. And he gives us, he starts off with the basics and then we lead all the way up to a little bit more advanced and in investing. So have a good one. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? This is Al's Chicken and Waffles. Look, I got a super, I got one of my boys, man. I, you know, I always say super dope, but this is one of my, one of my boys. Um, we went to high school together, played on the same basketball team, you know, from freshman year, we played freshman basketball, JV, and uh, we played JV. We won at every level too. And then we played varsity together. Then after that, my brother, he went to college. I mean, I went to college also, but he went to college. Uh, you, uh, did you got a uh, what what type of degree did you get? I got a bachelor's in economics, finance, um, pre law, English, black studies, and that was it. Okay, so 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 this is my brother. His name is Bahia Jesse. I want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for being like staying connected, being a good friend, and you know. So I want to say you you my boy, man. So so what's up, bro? What's going on, brother, man? I, I appreciate it. Always supporting the cause. I appreciate all that you do, uh, not only in the community, but actually uh, building a network and making it a passion to connect people. Because, uh, you know, if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. But if you want to go far, you go together. And you've definitely been the person that's connected people so that people can go much farther than they could by themselves. So just want to shout you out, man, and always there to support you and your brother, Jay, for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so bye. 
um, one of the things, just, just I would say maybe two or three years ago, you know, you, you came to uh, one of the, uh, our other high school buddies, um, Paul Freeman, and uh, my brother, and you started a podcast, man. And the podcast was very, um, like, had a lot of information. And um, in that podcast, you was talking about finances. And one of the things that I've even came to you and you've helped me out with was not just having a budget, right? But you looked at my spending habits. You looked at my behavior. Um, but then you, you was like, man, you need to make more money, right? And a lot of times when people say you need to make more money, in this era, we kind of think having a business. Um, but you was like, man, you just might need to get, you know, either a new job with, you know, with, with your skill set or ask for a raise. You know what I mean? Um, and that was just great advice. Like, you know what I mean? So um, because you could continue to do what you do, but you could just ask for a little bit more money, you know, and sometimes that's not going to hurt the hurt the company where you're at. Um, so how, and, and when we talk about financial coaching, right, um, how did you get into that space? How did you get into that space? Yeah, so, so uh, sure, you know, I started the podcast. It was called The Truth About God and Money because a lot of what people use in banking and in finance are actual biblical principles. Now, they don't say it is, but most of what people do and use um, comes from either the book of Proverbs or somewhere um, in the Bible as far as steadfast ways of which they generate wealth and also information about money. Um, so that's kind of where the, the genesis of the podcast started. That is also part of the reason why I did coaching um, with regards to finance. Um, most people do not assign purpose to their money. Mm. Um, and as with everything, if there's no purpose assigned to it, it falls by the wayside. So if you do not assign purpose to your money, you're going to wake up and see or wonder at least where did all this money go? But if everything is assigned, then quite frankly, uh, you know how your money, where it's coming from, how you're making it, and also where you're investing it and pulling it. And that doesn't necessarily mean you can't have a great time. You can assign or allocate as much money as you want to for fun. Right? Mm -hmm. When we were growing up, we called it the cake machine. So whatever you want to do, you want to go on a date, you want to go to the movies, you want to go to Bahamas, you want to go to Jamaica, you want to just assign money for it so that it's accounted for. That way, when you want to do things, um, you you can or you have the flexibility to do so. So it initially started with creating an emergency plan or a savings fund, right? So mm -hmm. if you're not making enough money, you need to figure out various ways in which you can generate income. Now, we talked about you specifically because you have various skill sets. Not only were you able to do things as far as teaching and things in academia and helping out uh, in different ways, you also had an entrepreneurial spirit. So we tried to tap into that as well mm -hmm. because uh, most people have multiple means of, of generating income. Mm. And, and that's how people are able to save and generate wealth. So that's kind of how that all all started. Um, you, you spoke a little bit about budgeting. Um, every Fortune 500 company, every successful millionaire, billionaire, whatever you want to call it, has a budget. Mm. Um, and and the Bible teaches you that you need to have a budget. Right? It, it states that, um, you know, it talks about a, a gentleman who was looking to build a tower and uh, who doesn't before you even begin to build the tower, first sit down and count the cost, mm. lest you begin to lay the foundation and find out you don't have enough to finish. And then those that behold it 
saying they're mocking you that this man began a project and was unable to finish. Mm-hmm. So you see, you know, they're talking about one figuring out how much things cost first, budgeting for it before you even begin to 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 start a project. So you want to understand how it's finished before you begin it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bible also talks um, in the book of Genesis, it says, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And Proverbs, it explains in greater detail, it says in wisdom, God created, right? So mm-hmm. in wisdom, you should begin every project. So you can't necessarily begin to start your business. You can't necessarily go to purchasing a home, buying a car, getting married, saving for retirement, funding your kids' college education, unless you have the wisdom and knowledge to do so. So that's why financial literacy, financial coaching, and things like that was very important. It's something that, you know, as a culture, we don't necessarily delve into and talk about. But um, I think uh, if you and your friends don't talk about it, you might need to get some new friends. Hmm. So that, that was my perspective on that. That's dope. So 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 let's 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 dig into this, right? So when we talk about wisdom, right? I was just reading in Proverbs 15 and it was talking about having wise counsel. Um so I think that the struggle is like for 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 especially our African American men at a certain age, uh our peers are connected to where we are and not where we're going. Um so uh, how does one, especially if there's a lack of uh, men in that in that young man's life, how does one figure out how to find how do, how does one find wisdom? You know what I mean. Then how does how does that wisdom? Con- because we could we, we a lot of times we have a good coach. We might have one black teacher that we you know what I mean we're attracted to. But how does that? translate into our finances how do we find that and how does that translate into our finances sure man and now that is a a very deep topic um obviously the bible speaks of wise counsel and that wise counsel may include friends and relatives or people socially who can not only help you whether it be the medical field the law field but also in finance mm-hmm. the underlining theme though and let's just keep it super one is black people don't like to talk about money they don't like to talk about their own money, and they darn sure don't know how to talk and help you with your money, right? So mm. there's a challenge, and those men or women who are African American or or and are successful hide it and keep it because they think that there's only a pot and there's only a percentage out there, mm. not realizing that the opportunity to build wealth is infinite. Mm. But everyone has in their head, like, you know what, I need a piece of the pie. There is no pie. And I think if we can get through that part, that there's an infinite amount of opportunity and dollars and pockets and support, then we'll start sharing more uh, and also helping because other cultures do it. And if you watch right now, mm-hmm. now I will say that it's changed. It, it, it wasn't always this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it changed probably in the early 1900s mm-hmm. um, as it began to be all about you and less about we. Mm. Um, so those things change. So what, what I would advise people to do is if you're going to ask for help, you need someone who is one capable, meaning they are competent and have the wisdom to help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Number two, they need to make the time to help you because there's no good in having someone and having their phone number and email and they're not responsive. Mm. You're going to be wagging your tail and you, you know, you know, it's like the tail wagging the dog versus. Mm-hmm. You know, the opposite. So you need someone who is competent and has the time to help. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also 
someone who is willing to. And the willingness we already talked about a little bit. Sometimes people don't want to share, but you'll meet people um, and you'll pray for, for God to put people in your lives. They are extremely open, super positive, and always willing to help and provide advice and share. And those are the people you want in your corner. So you need to create a board of directors with regards to finance, right? You need someone who works at a bank. You need someone to help you make decisions with mortgages. You need someone to help you make decisions for asset management, whether that be investing in stocks. You need someone to help you with retirement. You need someone to help you with life insurance. Whatever aspect there is in finance, start building those relationships and and realize that uh, if you want it to be a long-lasting relationship, you also have to realize the skill set that you bring to the table also mm. because i don't i don't want people to understand that they they add value as well so mm-hmm. don't devalue yourself by believing that you have nothing to offer someone quite frankly you do it might be friendship it might be whatever information you have regarding your expertise as well but there's always something that you know as a connection you can share um and interact with and constant contact helps so then when and, and also those people on your board of directors they may be older than you. They may be younger, but they also can support your dreams, mm. right? So you can tell them, listen, I want to own this business. Or listen, I want to get into whatever it is you want to get into. I want a promotion. I want to change jobs. At least through their network, they can vouch for you, support you, and then provide you um, an avenue or a means by which you can get there. Even if they themselves aren't the expert, they may know someone who is. So relationship building and you know it's part of your podcast right chicken and waffles is about relationships yes sir so gotta do that man that's powerful that's powerful right there um and 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 i guess the the other part right so let's let's i want to take a step back because we 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 dig in deep how did you right how did you get into this space right um um you know i know you went to school for finances also, you know, you 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 have some. Uh, I would say you you have some entrepreneurial things that you've done uh, as it pertains to, like I guess you have some assets. Um, how did you get into this space? Um, what what space are we talking about? So this the space this the space of uh, like how did you have this mentality? Let let me rephrase the question. Like, yeah, yeah. Where, where did this come from? You know, honestly. Uh... It's part of my nature, who I am, and spirit. And I, I realized that in order to generate enough money to be comfortable, at least, you kind of have to have your own thing. Mm-hmm. And and we, you know, we spoke a little bit earlier about having multiple sources of income. Mm-hmm. Most people, and being in my profession, and um, I'm lending money to high net worth, ultra, ultra high net worth clients. Right? Mm-hmm. I've lent money to businesses, Fortune 500 companies, and the latter. And I've realized, and through that experience, right, that most people generate that money through saving, right, mm-hmm. and having multiple forms of income and starting businesses. So either you're at a great company, you're at a high-level position, and you're making a lot of money, of which you then, from there, branch out, or um, you kind of start from the grassroots, and you start your own business, and you work hard, and you make certain decisions, um, and you get to this particular point. Mm-hmm. I will say personally, I think I, I say the reason whatever success I've had in life has only been because I failed. Mm-hmm. And it's not that um, failure is a bad thing. You don't purposely fail. Mm-hmm. But I think every challenge has been met with, okay, let me figure out 
how to do it better. And also, let me find someone who is already doing it. There's always somebody that's doing it um, or has done it. They may not have the same perspective you do. And that's why every individual is unique. You can have people within the same industry and they have a different business, even though they're selling the same product. Mm -hmm. The customer service might be different. Their perspective on how to do things might be different. And their skill sets are different. So you're still going to be unique even though you're within the same industry. So if you wanted to start a business, you would just be reaching out to people within the same industry, maybe in a different market, maybe two, three towns over. Say, hey, I know you do this. I have an interest in it this town. Like, do you mind if I come work for you for free some days on the weekend just to see how the business runs? Because experience um, is, is extremely important. So mm. my mindset began from the entrepreneurial piece to reading the word and then seeing people do it you know you get tired of i'll tell you a story i, I had a client who mm-hmm. was poor came from oh man um a, a foreign country um and worked in a jewelry store then worked in a um a mulch right where they were selling dirt and the technology within the soil was unique right as far as crops were concerned that he took that technology back to his country and became a billionaire he didn't have any education. He just learned the business and took it to a place or a market where there was a demand for it or they lacked a technology, right? And this man is making billions selling dirt, right? So if I can see all of these different people who work hard, have an idea and figure it out, do it. Uh, you know, it gives you confidence that you can too. So man, that's, that's kind of how it, how it all started. No, that's, 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 that's dope, man. So, um, and, and okay, so when we when we when I think about that, right, you know, and we talk, and because we hear people talk about multiple streams of income, um, and I think sometimes what we can do, the mentality is just jump straight to the multiple streams without mastering one, right? Um, I think w- w- what it is that you taught me was to though I had an entrepreneurial spirit, right? I was in a space where I could have mastered what it is that I was doing to get more income, you know what I mean? And education. And then using that extra income that I was getting to, to, uh, to invest in my dream and in my, and in, in the things that I wanted to do. Right. So I think sometimes we have to, how do you get to the multiple streams um, yeah. because a lot of times people just jump to like, you know, you like, okay. So when, when, when you, you look at some rappers, they want to be a rapper. They want to have a clothing line. They want to have everything all at once, as opposed to just being the best rapper that you could be maximizing it. And then, like you said, having a plan, no, you know what I mean? I'm going to do this for this amount of time. I'm going to maximize it. And then I'm going to use this. This this money that I got from here, or this skill set that I and leverage it so I could do a little bit more. Right. So it's it's more. Yeah, yeah. That that happens often. I would say you have to, and part of what your board of directors that you elect mm-hmm. to be on your board will do is that challenge you as far as growth. So you have to have like a personal growth strategy. So in this is an example, and creating multiple sources of income. Everyone has a gift. And everyone has a particular skill set, right? And that skill set maximizes uh, or or when you maximize your potential, you're generating income based off that skill set. So 
just let's just talk about me, for example, in finance, right? So if I'm in finance, um, one of the different ways that I can create additional sources of income is if I'm working, right, for a company in banking or wherever, investment banking, whatever else, I can also, right, have a blog. I can also write a book. I can also do financial coaching. I can also do different. I can even go to the church and have their financial literacy program based on the word, right? So mm-hmm. that, those are different ways in which I can just use one skill set, but maximize it to the fullest that I can possibly do so, right? Mm-hmm. Same. So the difference is if you are good with your hands, you're an electrician and or plumbing, you can start to build your business by having customers, even if you work for a plumbing company. Until you saved enough money, you have the supplies, you've got workers, so you can kind of slowly and gradually move on. Many people rush into bankruptcy, meaning they try to start too fast. They don't have the capacity and they haven't planned well enough for there to be a continuance of or a sustainability regarding their plan. What I say is, whatever you're doing now, learn how to maximize and optimize your skill set now. That way, even if you move into something, you've already learned how to do so using the skills that you already have. Mm. And so they, that's extremely important. That's good. So, and, and they say like, if, like for instance, uh, if you made a certain amount of money, you should be able, and, and you lose it. Let's just say you go into bankruptcy. A lot of like a millionaire, they know how to make another million because they, they've learned, they, they've learned, the skill set they learn how to the the assets they 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 understand you know how to how to bounce back right um yeah, they, they, yeah they they understand their mistakes that's 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 or that's their good. failures yes yes and 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 for you so let's and let's right there what does failure like look like for you you know what i mean because you you made a powerful point that you learned from your failure so what does failure look like for you Right now or in the past, I'll tell you about past failures. So, okay. so certain certain things um, regarding expertise. Um, so you can have like a. So I've I've had formal credit training from all of the major banks. So I've had it from J.P. Morgan. I've had it from Wells Fargo, Bank of America, just to name a few. So going through the formal piece of it, right? So you have in my mind, you have two types of people. You have PhDs. You have PhDs. Mm-hmm. I think you need a little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. Now, experience trumps most of most of it all, honestly, because by the time it hits the books and then hits the universities, it's already happened in the finance world. Mm-hmm. So you're behind anyway, mm-hmm. right? So, so I had to learn how through experience and making bad decisions sometimes and not having help, how to um, figure out a way in which I can get better at my craft. Mm. And that required me to sit at work till 10 till midnight and do case studies, right? So mm-hmm. I had to sit there and go through a portfolio of customers to understand why certain decisions were made, why I made bad decisions, why the numbers didn't look the way they did. So it was more so hard work and understanding where I went wrong. So I had to backtrack mm-hmm. versus blaming anybody else but me. Even when I've had terrible bosses, and, and we've all had them, right? Mm-hmm. You have managers who are not supportive, may not want you there, don't like that you can, you know, you're you're young or you're doing whatever it is you need to do. How to navigate through that and find support, um, and still not blame them, 
but take it upon yourself as you are responsible for your own career trajectory and whatever else. Nobody else, even if someone's giving you a hard time, right? So the new blessings bring new devils. So you need to be prepared for that devil that's there in order to handle that blessing that God's going to give you. So um, I kind of took that as it, and I, I learned more about banking and finance. I learned more about what customers want through talking to them, mm-hmm. how to support them, what their needs are, so I can anticipate their needs. Because before I was reactionary, mm-hmm. but then I realized I had to anticipate based on their industry and based on who they were, what their next move was going to be. So then I added value, right? So that was less talking to them because I was already anticipating what their needs were. Um, also, understanding through experience, because uh, realistically, and, and even if you own a business, you'll understand what I'm saying, that the numbers on the page are just a reflection of the decisions people make. Mm. Widgets and numbers don't run companies, people do. Mm. So if you can understand people and their decisions, right, and that's something I had to learn, and then that's exactly how you, you become a better business person um, and, and, and the decisions you make move on to the page as far as sales and growth and things like that. So that's that's kind of where it starts. So for me right now, honestly, man, that would mean me being unable to continue to grow um and do do what I need to do. I'll say I'll say this and this might be a podcast and might hit airwaves, but um I went through a plan of I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Obviously I've been working. God has blessed me to go through the process of um, um, being approved to to um, have a Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. So I've been to Atlanta. I've had conversations with them. They appear very interested in me um, doing so. So I'm kind of moving through that process and all that has been is grace. Um, and just wanting to, learning. I've, I've read books. I've done everything I needed to regarding the restaurant business and industry so that if I decide to do something like that and that opportunity presents itself, I can. Mm. Um, whether it be with this franchise, another or another business opportunity. The other thing that I want to say is the reason I'm able to do that, right, is because mm-hmm. I save money, mm-hmm. one. And then two, there are people who put money in homes, right? Mm-hmm. When you can rent and put money in your pocket, that way there's a business opportunity, you can take advantage of it. And then you can buy your home in cash later on. Mm-hmm. So if you buy your home now, you might have to do it with debt. And as an example, if you bought a $300,000 home at 5% interest rate, just going up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And you're paying taxes and everything else, you're not going to make any of that money back. Like you will never sell your home. I don't care how long you have your home. If it's a 30-year mortgage, you'll never make that money back. I don't care how much your home appreciates. Like if it appreciates in a reasonable value, say it goes up to 600000 mm-hmm. in 10 to 15 years, you've already paid that. Right out of your pocket. If you kept track, right, you paid that in taxes and everything else. So unless it was income producing, I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. So my properties that I bought when I got in the game mm-hmm. were all multifamily properties because they were income generating properties, mm-hmm. and it wasn't coming out of my pocket and allowed me to save um, money um, from my job and things like that because the properties somewhat took care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Right versus jumping into a single family, that is just a complete expense now. If you're able to do it and you're, you know, certain things come with having a single family home and you're more comfortable with it, fine. But if you're growing and you're a young person and you're trying to make your mark and you say, you know what, I want to figure out a way to create wealth and generate wealth, you're going to lose a lot of it 
if you're throwing all your money that you could be saving to invest in a business or an investment in a home. So it should be income producing if you're going to do that, or it should be, it should be generating some form of money for you and not, not a, a expense, single family homes in my mind. If they're acquired with debt, they're nothing but expensive. Now, if you can afford that expense, that's something different. Okay. So, so you, you, you said a lot, you said a lot. So we're going to have to unpack a couple of things, right? So behaviors, right? So we want to take a step back behaviors. How do, how does one, right? In, in, in your field, how does one anticipate uh, people behaviors as it pertains to what it is that they want to spend and also what it is that they want to do because, and I ask that because I guess in our community, we have a certain type of behavior on how we spend our money. Right. And as, as, a, as, as a whole, you know what I mean? And this is like, this is black, black people talking to black people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, how do, how does one anticipate that? How does one stop, you know, the bad behavior um, uh, uh, that that we might have, and I'm talking about as a community. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, just just saying what it is, man. Like I would say, you have to get through the phase of you know when, even if you've had money, mm-hmm. right, or if you didn't grow up poor, there are certain things that come with the culture, mm-hmm. right? And part of it is what you have on is. Uh, success mm. and it's the complete opposite right so if you were a young lady and you didn't always have the nice belts and the pocketbooks when you get your money the first thing you're going to do is go buy nice pocketbooks and overpriced clothing and whatever else because mm. it makes you feel better because you're making up for who you weren't in your past versus mm. using your money to invest in who you are going to become, hmm. right? And we've all had those issues, right? Some of us, when we get money, first thing we do is we buy Mad Jordans or whatever else, right? Because mm-hmm. we didn't have them as kids. Mm-hmm. So you're living for your past or making up for your past while simultaneously missing out on your future because that money should be going toward whatever it is your future would be. You're not even thinking about your future. You're still dwelling on your past. So part of it is mental health. Mm. Right. Part of it is just acknowledging like, you know what, I've done that. I don't need it. You know, we, we all get to a point where we have to. And honestly, we probably need people to check us on it and say, look, listen, listen, I know you see the videos, you see various mediums, you see whatever else. And they talk. I said that absolutely means nothing. I said, you got to figure out who you are, what you want. And once you have purpose, then you can assign again purpose for a plan and money. And then you can kind of execute from there. And then if you have purpose and there's assignment to your money, when you spend money, you say, okay, I know I'm spending because I can afford it Mm -hmm. versus spending money on stuff like something drops on a Saturday and you got to go get Jordan. And then you look up and you're like, man, this opportunity presented itself, but I spent my money on sneakers. So, so let's, let's do this because I want, because you you make a great point, right? So let's just say if a person has a thousand dollars, right? Um, Jordan's let's just say the Yeezys. Yeezys cost around what two two fifty. Um, why th- this person has a seven seven hundred and fifty dollar cushion? You know what I mean? Is that uh, you know what I mean? And this is ex- uh, what's that expendable money? You know what I mean? 
Do, mm-hmm. do you think a person should buy that $250 Yeezy? Or is there something else that they could do with that money? And, I, and this is just a question. You know what I mean? Uh, is there something else that they could do with that money as opposed to, you know what I mean, spending that? So so honestly, it would depend on the person, right? So what, mm. what a person should do, they should sit down and create just to see what their financial picture looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Have they gotten rid of all of their debt? How much are they making? What are their fixed expenses, right? Like rent, mortgage, car note, whatever that is, right? Try mm-hmm. to get rid of all of that stuff first. Mm-hmm. Now, there's still discretionary spending, right? And you still need money for clothes and things like that. But you'll get a feel after two, three months on how much that stuff is. So if you wanted a pair of Yeezys, right? Mm-hmm. But you had a savings goal, mm-hmm. right? To start a business. You had a savings goal because you need a six-month of emergency funds just in case you lose your job and you think it'll take you six months to get a new one mm-hmm. and you want to maintain that same lifestyle, right? Um, once you've done that, then you can also put aside a couple dollars every month for when, you know, when something drops and then you can go get it, right? You can save for that opportunity to grab whatever you want, mm-hmm. right? So it, it really depends. Some people make enough money where they can just go buy it and it's like buying, I don't know, nothing like relatively fifty dollars for them mm-hmm. right two hundred and fifty dollar pairs yeah. right now there are sneakers that are designer that are like eight ninety yeah. right there are sneakers that are you know five ninety five hundred something dollars mm-hmm. if you make that kind of money and you still have your savings goals in place and you still have your investments in place then that's the lifestyle you choose to live right mm-hmm. you're still living well below your means but if you're not and you're trying to keep up with people and to look fresh, that's just that just makes absolutely no sense. Right. That's good. That's good. So it's it's an individual basis. But you you'll know when you and and, and most banks, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be JP or Wells Fargo, you can go on to the app and create a budget. Say, here's here's how much I want to spend on XYZ. Mm-hmm. They will track it, send you emails saying, All right, midway, mid month, hey, you're you're close to 70% of your budget for the month, right? You're, you're, and then you look on the app and you see you've been spending way too much on movies and dining out. Mm-hmm. So you can figure out how to make adjustments in your behavior just so you can save money to suit your goals. Certain months, you may not be out doing all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Certain months, you may be able to do so because you're within your budget. But, but um. That's why uh, budget is extremely important, right? If Exxon, which is a billion-dollar company, has a budget, now, I'm, now, not only do they have a overall budget, but each department within the company has a budget. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's why they're successful. So, why in the world would you not? Have that's good. But you know, it takes time. You know, people have to get through the idea that a budget is something that's actually going to restrict and keep them down, or it's oppressive. Um, the idea of a budget is actually so you can accomplish your goals. It's not to, you know, and, and another thing is you don't want to be hard on yourself if you're not within budget or meeting your goals. It takes time and practice, right? So just like with algebra or trigonometry or physics or whatever, or sometimes you might not get it the first go around, but the more you practice, the more it becomes easier. Mm. And then also going on the Bloomberg.com, um, Reuters.com, Yahoo mm. Finance, reading articles and understanding what people do with money will help with your financial education as well. Mm. So you can kind of do little tricks um, 
that they provide advice on. Um, Bankrate.com has some some good consumer advice as well on what to do with your money, how to invest. They said a lot of times, many people make a lot of money by doing what you're doing right now, having a podcast um, and then getting um, commercials for the podcast, creating a blog, writing a book. You can do an ebook, mm-hmm. right? Where there's less um, required with regards to um, right, having things published and paperback and all that other good stuff to where you can make money um, just off of information and just off your expertise. And and that as an additional source of income doesn't take a lot to start. That's good. Or require a lot, right? So you can do that. And and even yourself, you're on social media, you got your videos out, you do what you do to gain attention for whatever product and services that you're providing, right? So mm-hmm. that also is another means by which my wife right now is making masks, right? So mm-hmm. obviously during this pandemic and this crisis, she's a designer, she's got tons of clothes, she has a skill set of sewing, right? Mm-hmm. She sells Designer mask. She has designer fabric. She has Fendi fabric, Chanel fabric. She's got Gucci fabric. She's got regular fabric. She's got fabric for Mickey Mouse, whatever else. Mm -hmm. She's just been making masks. So she can sit in our house, right, make $2,000 a day selling masks. Mm -hmm. You understand? And then putting them in the mail. Like $2,000 a day for a pandemic. If she did that for a year, that's about $300,000 for one year. Yeah. Just using her skill set of being able to sew, mm-hmm. to sell masks. So there's always a way. You just got to be prepared for the opportunity. So wearing the Black Men Are Dope and Black Women Are Dope shirts has been pretty amazing. Like I would walk around and people would look at my shirt and there are some people who looked very uncomfortable, but then there were people who were nodding in agreement and that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong black woman as well as being having having strong black men in my life and I just want to share that message with the world and a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally you know talking about our black our black men and black women being so dope but you know what I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I let the fashion speak for itself go to www.mrihardy.com forward slash shop and put in the promo code chicken waffles now and, and let's talk about because you, you talked about uh producing right and, we, we, and and you know and there's a couple things I want to kind of go into um we talked. You talked about buying a home, right? Um, and one of the biggest things I I try to me I talk to um, a couple of my friends about is um, generating, you know, generating income, like which what, what you were just talking about. Um, it, but sometimes I think the question is: is like, do you save first or do you invest first? Um, and how, how do you do it? Like, like for instance, um, if, if a person is making money, they have a job, um, you, 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 you get your money and you put it in your 401k, you save, you do all of that. Right. Um, but then let's just say you have some disposable income that you want to, uh, I guess, invest. Do you, uh, what type of investments do does one get into? 
um, is real estate, is stocks. Um, do you, are you, are you, do you want, are you, how do you think that process through? Um, you know, uh, do you want immediate cash flow? Because sometimes you invest, let's just say you invest in a mutual fund and sometimes you don't see the return until, you know, years later, as opposed to like what you were saying in real estate, you, you see the cash flow, you see cash flow on a consistent basis. How does one kind of determine those, those type of steps? Sure. So you mentioned the first thing you do is see, right? So you're already talking about investing in your 401k, which you may have a company that matches it great. Mm -hmm. So you're already starting to save on that way. The next thing, and I reiterate, this emergency fund is three to six months Mm -hmm. of, oh my God, something happened or I lost my job or the car broke down money. Mm. You're going to need after that, right? You have investments and your investments based on your risk profile. So having, having done it a little bit and Mm. also having many clients who have their portfolio of assets are very diverse. So the first thing I would say is don't do what you don't understand. Right? Mm. So in real estate, as an example, if you do not understand multifamily properties or apartment buildings, don't do it yet until mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. so that means you've got a board of directors and on that board you've got somebody who is either at a bank or somebody who flips properties or someone who understands real estate so you can learn from them on how to do it because the worst thing you can do is buy a property overpriced the rents do not cover and, and you are at a loss mm-hmm. so you have to do it the right way because people are going to try to oversell things to you. so you need to know the appropriate price you can afford, right? You need to know what you can get approved for and what's underwritten by the bank so you can make money. Mm -hmm. So that's one. So once you understand what you want to do, because commercial real estate is different than two to four family homes Mm -hmm. and multifamily property where you're talking about more than 10 units, the underwriting is different than if we were doing it based on one, two, four family um, property. So as an example, if you had, if you did two family homes and say you started off with a two family home or a four family home and it worked out, right? The tenants are paying the majority of everything and you're making a little bit of income. Then all of a sudden you get another one. If you did five, right? Depending on how the price, right? If you got it at the right price, you could be making an extra, who knows, a hundred or something thousand a year Mm -hmm. off of four properties. That's a substantial amount of income to save, Mm -hmm. right? Particularly if you start early. Or you can have a bad deal and you're losing money and then you lose the property. So do what you understand or don't do what you don't understand. So the Mm -hmm. first thing is having the education or if you don't have it, you got to partner with someone who does and knows right, to do that. Because certain deals, uh, particularly in this northeastern market, man, when some of the pricing is crazy. So you might have to go out of the market. You might have to go down to North Carolina or Tampa or somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. And partner with someone so that you can do that. So with regards to investments, um, there are various strategies, right? So in your 401k, it might be less risky because it's a long-term thing. So if you do decide to do um, other types of investments in the stock market, you still should do what you know, right? So if you follow, right, and so you 
into with E-Trade account or whatever else, what are you into? So we talked about sneakers, right? So mm-hmm. how much is Jordan brand worth? How much is Nike worth? You mm-hmm. know, they're going to keep dropping Jordans and they're going to keep mm-hmm. paying for them, right? Yeah. So if the stock drops, you know, you should probably grab it because it's only going to go up. Just like with Apple, they have an issue production-wise in China. Their stocks went down a couple hundred points or so. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's at like two-something now. Projected is going to go back up to about 368. So you you should likely get some of that, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the pharmaceutical companies at the moment. You know they're going to be working on drugs. Drugs are going nowhere, particularly the way the healthcare system works, mm-hmm. right? So if you decided to to invest in Johnson & Johnson or Merck or another pharmaceutical company, that, that I believe there's one that um, might already be working on the cure for COVID. I don't forget where they're located, but they're only trading at, I don't know, 30 dollars a share. If you buy that now, and it goes up to 200 or whatever, you've made a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it requires research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say um, from most of the clients that I've worked with, they have both real estate, they have investments in stocks and things like that. And then they also have some of the long-term stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So, so they get to a point where they do it all. They mm-hmm. may not have done it all at the same time. Yeah. And also notice uh, a point I'm trying to make is with the whole, you know, you, you go, if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. If you want to go farther, you go together. Mm-hmm. Most of the properties that these wealthy individuals own are partnerships with other people. Mm. So they pool their resources and they've gotten it, apartment buildings, and they share in ownership and they share in whatever the distribution or dividends from the, those income producing properties are. So they, they didn't go try to do it all by themselves. That's 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 a good point. Now, so so when we look at like when we look at that type of behavior, so do do these people normally they buy more than one apartment building? So because if you have you know consistent cash flow, they could probably inv- reinvest in different type of uh, inv- investments. Yeah, that is mostly the case. Hmm. That's good. That's good. As as for um, for black people. How important is ownership? Ownership of stocks, ownership of real estate, ownership of business. How how important is 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 that? So uh, yeah, it's probably the only thing, right? And then the Bible teaches that the slave is borrowed to the lender, and then it says, "You shall uh, lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow, and you should be um, an owner of many nations, right? Mm-hmm. While the other, you know, the others are slaves to you because they're borrowing from you. So rent is like borrowing, right? Mm-hmm. So ownership whether it be percentage ownership and businesses and income producing properties and land and certain things like that is extremely important because that's what generates wealth. Mm. Right. So you're either working for someone who owns it, right. And they have most of the wealth, even though you're getting paid for whatever your expertise is, the ownership is what creates wealth. And that also allows you to make it generational as you pass it on to, um, your children and and the next generation also. And it also allows for, listen, with ownership, you know, you used to hear back in the day, my mom used to say this, like, or you, you'd even hear it um, in books or, or, or in Hoff's class, something like that, right? Last mm-hmm. hire, first fire. But if we own our community, right? If we own the stores and, you know, we own Ambassador's Chicken or we own the 7-Eleven or we own um, the not-for-profits or or we own the the real estate businesses, or mm-hmm. we own the properties um, and the businesses, we can hire one another. So yeah. 
we don't feel the recession the same way. So when there are recessions or depressions, um, if the, the the rate of unemployment is at eight, ours is at 20, 15 or something, right? Mm. And that's why, because we don't employ one another. So we're basically sending other people's children to college and generating wealth for someone else. We're in ownership. We can hire one another, we can support one another, and we can support and rebuild our communities in that same fashion. I think I think um, that's but, so so important, right, Bob, because because we we have this mentality where I'm not going to support a black person or they give you you give they give you one chance and you know what I mean a person just starting out you you just talked about a big franchise right so what as opposed to a mom and pop so there so what we would do as as black people we compare a mom and pop to uh to a a, a big franchise right and you know I think sometimes that type of mentality is unfair i think what we have to do as consumers right we have to circulate our dollar in in our communities number one but i think also we have to be honest with 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 each other and say you know what i think you should be doing this not just with your product but with your customer service and everything like that you know and then on the business side we have to start developing leadership right we have to start developing um uh, you know, the type of uh, leaders within our businesses to help sustain our businesses. And I think all of that has to work together because a lot of times, you know, if one hand doesn't wash the other, you know what I mean? The other hand gets cut off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think no, we, I agree with you 100%. we just have to change that mentality, you know? Yeah, I think it's an attitude. I, I think if you do certain things with love, it's it's very much appreciated. But if you do it out of bitterness and spite and expectation, then it's a little different now. You know, uh, as I mentioned in the early 1900s, right, we had Black Wall Street. We had all types of um, business and industries in our own towns and doctors mm-hmm. and lawyers and foods. And then obviously they built railroads and they burned them down and they did all this other kind of stuff to disenfranchise us and keep us from that so that we are more assimilated and dependent right? mm-hmm. versus the, the mix that might have been created prior to doing so um but yeah like that you know the, the, the attitude and i agree with leadership but if you go into a restaurant and say it's a, a restaurant it's a soul food place or whatever else and you get to know the owner a little bit right mm-hmm. you speak you say hello you say hey, listen here's what i think i think you could, i love the product i think it could be much better if you did this this is just unsolicited advice i want you to do well and if it comes from a position of, I want you to do well, then cool. If it comes from an attitude, and, and many of us have this attitude is, I don't like this, you know, we're, we're so overjudgmental and less helpful to one another. Mm-hmm. And I agree that the behavior honestly needs to change. Because um, if you look at the Asian communities or other communities, they the Jewish especially, they circulate their dollar, you know, five times more than we do. Right? Mm-hmm. It comes in our pocket and immediately goes out because we don't own any of the, the stores that, that are in our neighborhoods. So it, it, it doesn't recycle mm-hmm. in our neighborhoods when in other communities it's recycling. Um, and that's part of it. That's part of it also. But so, so, you know, we got this, uh, you know, people, the, the stimulus, right. Um, package that's 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 about to uh 
that's hitting people's uh, bank accounts now. And um, so I think what what are some things that we that people need to be doing if it's not uh, you know paying their bills? You know what I mean? Or is there anything? Yeah, you know what? I would I would honestly save it and see what happens. I would also watch um, for. You know, just in the market, I mentioned there are certain things that are not going to go away, but their their prices have gone down. Mm-hmm. And if you look, then, you know, like I said, there are certain websites and certain financial websites where you can kind of see certain stocks that are abs- going absolutely nowhere. Like, you just know they have staying power and they're not going out of business. But because of the market there, they're, um, the stock price has gone down. It's something you could invest 500 100 or so dollars in later. Mm-hmm. Right as the market begins to pick back up, mm-hmm. but just just save it and and then watch is is would be my advice because you just don't know when certain things are going to turn around. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not something you go spend a luxury item on. I don't I don't you know I don't know who's going to get it or whether everybody's getting it or not. I haven't paid too much attention to it. Some people from from various sources have been saying that it's actually a loan that you got to repay. Now when the government gives you money. It is shown as income, right? So you're still going to have to pay next year a tax on it because it's not like nothing's free, yeah. right? So yeah, you, you kind of got to figure that, that that part out. But I, I would not make case at the moment because you honestly might need it depending on what goes on. So if you don't need it now, save it until you can either use it or until you actually do need it. Some people honestly may need it. Yes. There are a lot of people, particularly within the retail industry, um, and um, client-facing industry, restaurants, and whatever else that really needed to pay bills, yeah. so they need to use it. But so, so no, when we look at the when we look at the the stimulus just as a whole, as a whole, um, I think we 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 just have to do better with how we circulate our dollar, right? And and like 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 what you were saying, we we just have to find ways, creative ways to use that money. Um, and then when we're talking about the stocks, the stocks um, they're at a discounted price right now. Um, so when we when we talk about stocks, do you think uh, what's the best way to, to to frame it? Do you think we should wait like like you were saying until it goes back up, or do because it's at such, you know, discounted price, should we start investing in it, in it now if we can, if you have the money? Honestly, if you can, what you first need to do is kind of research because there are certain industries that are not as affected mm-hmm. by what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then there are some that are. So I, I would kind of, again, get on these financial websites and the financial news channels and kind of see what's going on and see who's going down and see, are you familiar with them? And then look the company up and then kind of go from there because individuals track records speak for themselves. So if you've got a company that's been around for a decade and they've been able to navigate three challenges within the industry, so mm-hmm. you know they're going to stay around, then you can kind of work to invest in those companies. Um, I mentioned a few of them, but there are tons of companies out there that, um, you can you can definitely invest in, but again, you should know first before you invest, and then say, you know what, if I lose a hundred dollars, cool, and you be comfortable with it. Um, but I would say, 
you know, depending on where the market is, you've got a couple weeks before you figure out whether this thing has got a bottom out or not. And then you make your bet because that's all it is. And then you, you, you kind of, you know, pull the trigger and make an investment from there. But now is the time to start looking into it. You've got like a week or so. you got a couple of weeks before you can really figure out how long this is going to last and what's going to happen with the economy. They're obviously trying to force people to go back back to work and, and restart this whole pandemic again and put people in hospital and then the market goes back down. So that's not what you want, right? But, yeah. but uh, depending on those decisions and obviously policy and what people do in office um, have an impact on, on the market. So now's the time to start figuring out where to put the money so that when it's time, so you, you'll know where to put it. You can kind of, kind of benefit from it. And, and with the markets, how 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 big is? And I know we talked about behavior, but how how big is like fear? You know what I mean? Fear and having faith. Oh and no, trust people, in man. Well, okay, so you really get a gauge of fear when people start killing themselves, right? No, literally, like like seriously, like when when uh before Obama took office, when the stock market was like going down, mm-hmm. people were throwing themselves off of buildings, right? Mm. So you knew it was bad. Right now, people still are optimistic that there's an opportunity to bounce back, right? Mm-hmm. So even though it's down, you have a feeling that things are going to pick back up. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes any sense. But, well, definitely. But, uh, definitely. But, it, you know, yeah, there, there are certain companies that you, you can definitely research, look up, right? They're like if Amazon stock went down, you know, people are still going to be buying Amazon. They're not even retail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you might as well figure out, you know, whether you can afford it and then invest. And then there are other other smaller companies, right, with, with lower um, share prices. So mm-hmm. you can kind of start to invest because you think they're going to be around as well. So, but, but you know, retail industries hit hard. Um, I haven't looked at commodities just yet mm-hmm. to see kind of what they're doing. But that might be something as well. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but now's the time to start. If you if you've got something to start figuring out where you would, if it's nothing, like getting something at a discounted price, That's particularly good. if the market's gonna bounce back. But yeah, the main thing is staying healthy, right? GE is making a ventilator, so whoever's making the ventilators is gonna make some money. So you might want to look at where their prices are at the moment as well. That's good. That's and good. Um, the the health field is very is non-cyclical, right? So you don't necessarily always fluctuate. <clears throat> Excuse me, when the market goes down. So, mm. <clears throat> man, that's good. Hey, Bob, man, I just want to say thank you, bro. Thank you for the the wealth of information, the wealth of knowledge. You know what I mean? And and like, uh, just coming at it from a very practical in a graceful way, you know what I mean? Because when people think about money, you know what I mean? It could, like, you know, we, we could be, a, <laughs> it could be an abusive type of relationship with people and their money, you know what I mean? And so I, I want to say thank you in that regard, man. You know, when we talk about scripture, you know, I, I think about, you know, the the the, the guy who left uh, the, the, the three servants with the talents and how he, uh, how 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 each one uh they 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 came back with a return on their well two of them came back with a return on their on their um on their investment but 
the the one he buried it you know what i mean and what you've been showing us and what you've been teaching us is not to bury our gifts our skills and not to bury our uh our finances you know what i mean always have a mission always have a purpose for each and every dollar that we have man so i just want to say thank you bro no anytime bro anytime man i'm i'm here for everybody so we all got to talk more and share more based on whatever skill sets we have so I appreciate the platform, man, and opportunity. I do have a question, though, man. Yes, sir. We talk about chicken and waffles, bro. Where's your favorite place to get chicken and waffles? Um, right now it's Sweet Chick. It's Sweet, Sweet Chick. Chick. Where's that? That's um, that's in New York. I usually go to the one in Williamsburg, and it's uh-huh. and what they do is they they have different uh flavors of like chicken and waffles. So one time I mm. went. I had a uh, what's that like a curry chicken with a coconut waffle? You know what I mean? Wow! So, so I gotta try that, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite places to go. I went to Roscoe's, you know. Mm. So I mean, but then at the same time, you know, I can make my own chicken and waffle. You know, I'm mad at you. You know, so I, I I I just but it's really the metaphor of of the two coming together. So like to, like that's why today we're talking about your relationship, our relationship with our money, especially as a community. You know, because we do need to have these conversations even more. You know what I mean? So yeah, no doubt. So I, I I appreciate it. How can people reach you, Ba? What did you say? I said, how can the people reach you? Man, if if anybody has a question, man, I'm on Instagram, just be Jesse. Um, you can reach out there. I'm on Facebook, by here Jesse, B A H I R, last name Jesse, J E S S I E. Just um, hit me up, man. If you have a question or anything, I'll send you an email. We could even have a phone call if you have any um, detailed conversations or um, email, and I can get you whatever information you need. And, and we can continue to progress as a community, man. Thank you, bro. Together. You. Together. Yes, together. Yes, That's sir. how we do it. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Absolutely, brother. Hopefully, we get on the court one day, man. Once all of this is over, yeah, let's. We See got. We got to, bro. <laughs> all right, man. Have a good one. All right, brother. You too. All right, peace. Does your money have an assignment? I'm learning as I'm listening. I'm learning as I'm questioning. I mean, I think this conversation isn't just about us individually, but it's about us from a community. And we have to learn how to do better as a community, how to circulate our dollar, how to assign our money, not just for ourselves, but for our children, for our children's children, but then also for our peers so that our dollar can circulate and it can come back to us tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. Thank you for having, thank you for listening and thank you for just being, rocking with me, chicken and waffles.